Welcome to the Woodridge Baptist Church Podcast. For more information about what's happening in the life of our church, visit our website at www.woodridge.org. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you, team, for leading us in worship. Good morning, church. It's good to see you. Uh, we have, uh, I'm excited, one of my favorite weeks of the year, every year for about 30 years, was high school mission trip week, okay? We had such a great time. We'll be praying for you guys this week, and I encourage you to pray for them, and the people will be changed that they minister to and a part of. Uh, I was speaking with a young pastor about three and a half or four months ago. One of the joys that I get to have being old is that uh, a lot of student pastors and discipleship pastors have come through Woodridge Baptist Church. I have met many of those folks in other places through the Baptist Journal Convention of Texas and evangelism, and I get the opportunity uh, occasionally, five, six, seven times a year, uh, to talk with those young pastors uh, in relationship to uh, their strategic plan and how they're reaching people and growing their church and, and, and honoring God in that pastorate. Uh, as I said about three and a half months ago, I was talking to one of those pastors, and, and one of my big things is I believe before you can reach people for Christ, before you can grow a church that honors God, uh, you have to have resources, you have to have monetary resources, but you have to have human resources. And so in that conversation, uh, I, I kind of said, you know, you've got about 50 people, and here you have about 30 ministries you want to do. I got news for you. You don't have enough human resource. You don't need leader. You, you don't have the leaders to do that. And so uh, he said to me, he said, Pastor, I have been trying for months to disciple four or five of the young men in the church to, you know, kind of live my life in them and try to help them to grow and to become leaders but they just won't do that. They won't spend the time to grow closer to God. And I know this surprises you, but I do. I, I no longer write a sermon every week. Okay? That's a part of being retired. But I came back home and I told Karen, I said, I've got to sit down and write what God has put in my heart, this can't happen. We have got to be able to understand what our spiritual life is about. And so today, we're going to start with life. What do you have to have to live? And we'll start with the physical part of it. Genesis 2, verse 7 says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living 
being, the beginning of physical life. Now, science tells us that there are four elements that are common to all living organisms. Oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, and nitrogen. These four elements make up about 96% of our human bodies. Now, there's about 25, 26 other elements that are there in trace amounts to make up that other 4%, but those are the big four, okay? Now, by the way, this is your science class for the day. You cannot ask any questions because this is about all I know about science, okay? And I read it, right? But it's true. Let's just assume that we're all alive. Are we? Everyone's alive. Everyone's here, okay? So here's another question. Partly science, but for the most part, just common sense. What are the four basic things that we have to have to live? Now, you make your mental list, and I'll give you mine. It is air, water, food, and light. Now, our physical life depends upon those four elements. If you're going to stay alive, if you're going to be able to function as God has made us to function, we need these four things. Number one, we need, we need to breathe. We need air. We need to get that oxygen into our lungs. Now, I know every single one of you try to do what I do every week, you get at least two, maybe three cardio you know, workouts a week, don't you? Every single one of you. I doubt it. I doubt it. But, you know, to be quite honest, I try to do that. What does that do? It strengthens my heart. It, 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 it cleans my lungs out. It, it allows my lungs to, to take the air and use it better, okay? If I am in good cardiovascular shape, I can breathe better. I can do that. We do that. We've got to have that. We've got to have air. Second of all, we have to have water. Hydration is a big deal anywhere, but especially in Houston in July. I think I read last week that one day, a couple of days ago, was the hottest day ever on planet Earth. What did they do? They, they looked at all the temperatures throughout the world, and they, they averaged them and came back and said, this was the hottest day ever. I don't know. But I can tell you that we need water. We need that hydration. We can't live very long without water. If we have air and we have water only, we might make it, what, three weeks, maybe four weeks, maybe five weeks, depending on how active you are, how, how good a shape you're in. But we have to have air. We have to have water. Number three, we have to have food. Now, these things kind of go together. 
you can live about three to four weeks, maybe five weeks without food. You got to have air and water to be able to do that. It comes there, but somewhere down the line in that five, four to five to six week period of time, you're going to die if you do not have food. We've got to have light. Think about total darkness, absolute total darkness. No moon, no stars, no ambient light, total endless darkness. A couple things about that. Experts say that within 6 to 12 hours, mental deterioration will begin because, because of sensory deprivation. If you had water and you had food and you had air, if you stayed completely still, if it's cool, you might be able to make it a couple of months without light. Physically, physically, we must have air, we must have water, we must have food, we must have light. What about our spiritual life? What about our spiritual life? What does the Bible say to us about what God, through his Holy Spirit, what Jesus Christ has, has promised us to have? First of all, he says, I am the breath of life. In that passage in Genesis 2 we discover how God created man. Our Heavenly Father took the dust of the earth and formed Adam in his image. Now, this is important. He said that he breathed the life into him. It was not until he had breathed into his nostrils that that breath of life came to Adam. It was a very personal interaction. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Family, we are not mere dust. We are not mere physical. We are spirit. The breath of God is the life and the power of God given to us so that we may exalt him and worship him and serve him. Now, just, just a quick word about the Holy Spirit. You know, we believe in, in the Trinity, okay? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so when I use the term Holy Spirit generally, or the term God generally, or Jesus, we are talking about God. We're talking about God. Now, I don't know how much you were blessed by the last series, but I had a great time and learned so much and enjoyed the time listening to Pastor Jeremy in the series of Manifest okay, about the Holy Spirit. I just want to add one point to that. We can't live spiritually without the breath of God through Christ living in us as the Holy Spirit. 
Our spiritual life is dependent upon the presence of the Holy Spirit. Everybody looks at Acts 1-8 as an evangelistic passage, but the first sentence is really a, a, a word about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Our spiritual life depends upon the breath of life, the Holy Spirit living within us. The Bible tells us, that God is the breath of life. Second of all, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the living water. You look in the Old Testament and you see the term uh, water of life or living water. It's used quite often in the Old Testament. In Jeremiah 17, uh, water of life refers to the Holy Spirit. In Joel, the second uh, chapter, it was the out point of God's spirit in the last days that closely that was closely associated with living water. Uh, uh, living water is sometimes in, in the Jewish uh, uh, faith uh, to be substituted for the pure knowledge of God. Now, obviously, that's the Holy Spirit teaching us what it is that we're to do. David prayed. Uh, to God. He said, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. What was David searching for? David was searching for a deeper understanding of who God was in his life. Jesus said, I am the living water. Now, uh, we're going to skip John 6 for a second. We'll go back to that. I'm not going to go chronologically there. You remember the chapter, John 6. John 6 is the feeding of 5,000. It is the uh, Jesus walking on water. Uh, it is the uh, disagreement about, uh, uh, about that water. Uh, and, and so we'll, uh, 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 the statement that, uh, uh, that uh, my body is your food and my blood is your drink, uh, it was controversial. And in that passage, in that chapter, we see many of his followers leaving him. Remember Jesus said to the 12, are you going to leave me also? in that chapter. But let's look at John 7. <clears throat> John 7 uh, begins with Jesus sending his disciples to Jerusalem to the Feast of the Tabernacles. Now, what that chapter says is Jesus did not, was not going to go because uh, his time had not come yet. And so uh, he stayed there, but when he came to the last couple of days of the feast, uh, he, he went ahead and went to the feast, okay, uh, to the, the tabernacles uh, on that last day. Uh, John 7, 38, 39, really verse 37, last part, said, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Verse 38 and 39 says, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. 
Bible goes on and says he meant, he meant that was the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not been, had not been given yet at that period of time. Okay? So uh, Jesus is telling us that we have to have that living water to be able to be alive spiritually. John, uh, you remember the woman at the well. Jesus comes up to the well, and uh, it was a Samaritan woman. Jesus asked her to give him a drink. Uh, she, of course, uh, uh, said, uh, I'm a Samaritan woman. You're a Jewish rabbi. Why are you asking me for their drink? Okay. Uh, and Jesus said uh, uh, to her, said, uh, if you knew the gift of God, who is, uh, who is the one who asked for the drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water, okay? In essence, uh, the lady looked at him. Uh, I don't know how many of you grew up when you had a well beside your house where you got water. Uh, if you had that, I would doubt that many of you grew up when you had a dug well. It was just a big hole in the ground. That's where we got the water. Okay. We actually had a pump. We didn't have to put a bucket. But this woman said to Jesus, it would make sense. Okay. She looked at him and said, you don't have a bucket. You don't have a rope. The well is deep. How are you going to get the water? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Instead, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. We should spend time earnestly asking God to give us that living water every day so that we can live spiritually the way that he has intended for us to live. That's what David was saying. Psalms 42, 1, he says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirst for God, for the living God. Jesus said, I am the breath of life. I am the living water. And then he says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Now, he's not referring to physical life, but eternal life. By comparing himself to bread, Jesus makes the point that he is essential for our life, for our spiritual life. Therefore, we need to feed upon his living word as it nourishes us spiritually. Now, again, when, when that time came with the feeding of the 5,000, remember that, that Jesus sent the disciples across the lake. The scripture tells us that they had rowed two or three miles, okay? And then Jesus came with them walking on the water. They got to the other side. The people woke up that had been, that had been fed the day before, said, where in the world is our meal ticket? Where is Jesus? 
They finally got into the boats. They came to the other side. They had that conversation, and Jesus really chastises them. He said, listen, you are here not because you want me spiritually. You're not here because of who I am. You're here just because I fed you before, and you want to be fed again. Let me ask you. Let's just be honest. <laughs> How many times are we in that place? And we turn our back on the more important, the more vital aspect of our spiritual life to satisfy our physical life. He said, all you want, all you want is more bread. Jesus said, the bread that, that, that this bread is the bread that came down from heaven. And so, especially that's the word, give, give us that bread forever. Jesus said in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Verse 48 again, I am the breath of life. Verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Now, this is not the first time that we've seen Jesus compare himself to bread. Remember Matthew 4, when Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted Okay. Uh, he, he, he was there for 40 days of fasting. And the devil came and challenged him and said, listen, I know you're hungry. You're a human being. Take these stones. If you're the son of God, take these stones, turn them into bread, and then you can eat. What was Jesus' answer? What was his answer? Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus said, I am the breath of life. I am the living water. I am the bread of life. And then he said, I am the light of the world. Again, we need light. With it, we can see where we're going. With it, we can see the dangers that are there, and we can, we can dodge those dangers. But without light, we can't find our way. John Chapter 8 is the, is the story of the woman uh, uh, in adultery. Uh, doesn't really apply to us this morning, but it's interesting because of, of what happened right after it. You know that, that she came, uh, teachers came and, and asked Jesus. They were trying to trick him. Uh, Jesus did his thing with riding in the dirt. Everybody left. He said, okay, no one, no one accuses you. I don't either go. And it's interesting the way the Scripture says that. It doesn't tell us how, how long from that experience it was, but it simply said, when Jesus spoke again to the people. I think he had everybody's attention, don't you? And he said simply, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Family, let's be honest. At least let's be honest with ourselves. We might not be honest with others, but let's please just be honest with ourselves. We spend 
a lot of time walking in darkness. Maybe I'll put this personally, and I'll let you make that decision. I spend lots of time walking in darkness. Why? Because I listen to myself. You ever do that? I listen to my ego. You ever do that? I listen to the world instead of Jesus Christ. We're smart folks. We're smart folks. We know how to walk in the light. By the way, in fact, I checked that pastor uh, middle of the week, and he has three guys in a discipling time every Wednesday night now. Okay? Listen, if we want to live in the light, we have to spend time in God's Word. We have to spend time in prayer with him, in confession with him. And to be quite honest, we just need to spend time having fun with him, enjoying his presence in our lives. Yeah. Jesus would say to us right now through the Holy Spirit, family, it's not that hard. Because I have given you what you need to spiritually thrive. I am the breath of life. I am the water of life. I am the bread of life. I am. I am the light of the world. I asked Jeremy if I could use because the manifest part six, Father's Day, uh, had a great impact on me, the three souls. And uh, Jeremy sent the outline to me and used use that. But, but let me try to tie that in to what we're talking about this morning. We're going to have a prayer time here in a moment. Staff's going to be there in the back. There's Stephen's Ministries, a couple of deacons back there to help us. Now, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to, 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 to seriously consider, it's not Pastor Greg's word, just consider what God's word says to you this morning. Jeremy said one of those souls was the empty soul. That's the soul that does not have Christ in it. I want to ask you this morning, if you are there, if you've never, if you've never accepted the offer, the opportunity to have a personal relationship with God Almighty, and that's what we're saying here. We're talking about a relationship with God. The Bible teaches us that relationship happens if we believe in Jesus Christ, that we confess our sins and we ask him, we desire in our hearts to have a relationship with him. The Bible says we will be saved. 
There's no reason to walk out of this place today with an empty soul. Because Jesus says, I will fill that soul. Why? Because I'm the breath of life. I am the water of life. I'm the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I can fill that empty soul. Many of us, the vast majority of us, have, have made that decision. And our soul's not empty, but it just might be dry. It just might be dry. You're in a dry place spiritually. Your soul needs refreshment. How do you get that? You get that with spending time with the breath of life, with the water of life, with the bread of life, with the light of the world. Take time this morning to do just a quick inventory. And just say, man, am I at the place where I need to be? Am I at the place spiritually that God saved me to be, that God wants me to be? If I'm not, I can get there. Because Jesus says, I'll give you the way to do that. And just maybe for some of you, you might be that satisfied soul. The satisfied soul is in a great place, but because it's so good, because it's so wonderful, you desire more. And I want to say to you, God has more to give you. God has more to give you. We hope you have enjoyed the podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.woodridge.org.